Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Happy Wednesday and welcome to our broadcast. I'm Bill Shanks, broadcasting from Coach's Corner. 3016 Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. We are here for our program, and we would love to see you. We'd love to have you come by. Kevin from Dublin here. What are you eating, Kev? Stuffed mushrooms. Now, see, that's gross. Fried mushrooms. John, here's what I think. And John Henderson, of course, uh, the owner, Cram Poopa of Coach's Corners here. John, I just think mushrooms belong in your yard. But I know some people like Kevin from Dublin like to eat them. They belong in there. But you like them that much? You like mushrooms? I, I like our mushrooms. I'm not, I used to not <laughs> like mushrooms at all. Um, but, uh, you know, it's an acquired taste, I guess. But I like them now. Well, no, I've just never been able to With acquire. the horsey sauce, they're real good. Oh, I bet. I bet they but are. But when they come out the fryer, they, they hold their heat. I don't know how he's eating them right there right now. He's chomping now on them for sure. He is. Well, we're here at Coach's Corner. And you know what I love about today? I picked the right day because there's a Braves game on at Coach's Corner. How about that? That, you can't beat that right there. That's a harbor of things to come in the next couple of months, isn't it? it? It's a great feeling. And uh, I'm glad to have the baseball, uh, Braves baseball especially, back and uh, with a, a promising future. Absolutely. No question about that. Well, we love coming to Coach's Corner. It's our Savannah home. And uh, I had some chicken fingers. I hope my personal trainer, Seth, is not listening because they were fried. But, my God, they were good. They are so good. And uh, I didn't have any side. I didn't need any. I just had chicken. They were so good, though. What's the best seller here? Well, our number one seller is chicken wings. You know, of course, wings. that's that's what most sports bars or most establishments right. do. Sports. Uh, that's their biggest seller. But uh, you know, what, any particular second, kind? Probably hamburgers and then fingers. And, okay. But we, you know, we, we got a pretty good, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what do you want to say? Cons- everything's pretty good. At, you know, yeah. Some, but, and you've got specials for the day, daily, yep. daily specials, yep. so I guess they could Home be called. specials during the day and, uh, you know, like meatloaf on Tuesday and pot roast and spaghetti, all those different things. Yeah. They were, um, this place was packed when I came in at 1230. Pork chop day. Is it pork chop? Well, hell, no wonder. Yeah. Pork chop day. Are they fried or are they grilled? Either one. How about or that? Or blackened even. Really? Yeah. How about that? Well, I bet they're good. I'm sure they are. But this is a great place. I, I, I tell you, I'm so fortunate um, to, to have this as my Savannah home. Uh, great friend, friendship with you now, obviously, too. And it just it's a perfect spot for me to come, for people to come by. I already had the Pedricks come by, some Wakersants come by and say hello. And Say it again. Wait, wait, croissants. Wait, croissants. It sounds like something you eat. I know. It sounds like a <laughs> Burger King croissant. Yeah. That's a that's a Shanksism. I made that word. Shanksism. Up. Yeah. I like that one too. A right. long time ago, I made up wait, croissant. We were actually doing. Well, I was on TV, and we were doing results from the Brunswick Motor Speedway, and I, I needed. It was a little mundane, and I needed something to spice it up. So I started making up terms like "you're Savannian." Right. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's mm-hmm. what Savannah is. Right. So I would make up. Um, I would make up a term for all, like a Blackshearian. From Blackshear, you were a Blackshearian. Mm-hmm. The only one I couldn't come up with one is someone from Hortense. 
that made it a little bit dif- difficult. Yeah. H- Hortense, you know. Yeah. But uh, I don't even know where that's at, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kevin knows where it's at. It's, it's between Patterson and, and Brunswick. And, uh, but Brunswickian, I had the Brunswickian, a way croissant. Um, I can't remember them all now, but that's how it came from. There so you go. We would learn we, something new every day. We would always have fun with that. So uh, a couple of way croissants came in here or, uh, and, and said hello. We hope you'll come say hello. We'll be here until 6 o'clock when we will have Georgia Bulldogs baseball on with Michigan State. The Sparties are at Foley Field, so we'll have that game for you on every place except Brunswick. Sorry, Brunswick. At 6 o'clock, David and Jeffrey will have that game for you. Georgia and Michigan State. The Bulldogs are undefeated after winning over Presbyterian. Tuesday at Foley Field, they are undefeated. Kevin, what's Georgia Southern's? <laughs> I was looking at him, knowing that he was shaking his head because of that very thing. Southern's off to a two and five start, which is not good. They play tonight at home. No, at Jacksonville against the Dolphins at six. So hopefully the Eagles can get on track on the road down in Ju. All right, so you got any bands coming, or is it band time uh, almost yeah, now? Yeah, we uh, well, yeah, we had one around Super Bowl, but this is the week we kick off. Uh, you know, March is here. Right. March Madness brings everything with it, but um, we do have Excitable, which is a Def Leppard tribute this weekend. Okay. And then we're going to take a couple of weeks off because of St. Patrick's and all the other things going on. Right. And then we come back with uh, uh, dude. Well, 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 I just dropped my head. Uh, I believe it's Yacht Club, but. Okay. I, and then back in black, and uh, no, no, Sapphire Bullets, uh, Pure Love, okay. and then then back in black. Well, we'll be promoting them on the yep. station, of course, with Bill Boys, who does a great job of your commercials. They sound outstanding. Amazing, that guy just—I mean, he thinks ahead and uh, just is very creative. He's great. He does a great job, and so we'll let everybody know about the concerts. Now, what's it They're like? All updated on our website now. So those of you who had okay. gone to our website and said no events, well, there's tons of events now. So. Coaches.net. Coaches.net. And then, of course, our Facebook page will also update, too. Coaches with no E. C-O-A-C-H-S.net. What's it like here on St. Patrick's Day? Well, I'll tell you what. We are very, very subject to weather. You know, weather's bad. We get a lot more people in after the parade or before the parade or anything like that. Okay. It's usually not a busy, busy day, but it is sort of the tournament starts. Okay. So you have that Thursday, Friday, and then it'll be that right, Saturday, right, right. Sunday. Right. And, uh, you know, of course, it's all changed since it's now on a million television stations. And uh, Right. So, uh, but, you know, it gets exciting in, in that time period, and we'll, we'll definitely have a good crowd after the parade. So, um, and, and forgive me for mm. not knowing this, but where does, where does the parade run through? What what part of, I mean, down, and down oh, yeah, on the all river? All downtown. It starts okay. at Forsyth Park, goes down. Uh, through the city to Bay Street, down Bay Street, and then back up towards Forsyth. Okay. Uh, the exact route I couldn't tell you, but okay. I know but it down is. there. It's about a three mile long. Oh, wow, really? Parade. Real? Yeah, it's, okay. it's one of the largest in the country, and uh, yeah. very, very successful. A very good, well run parade. Oh, sure. One of my good friends is uh, the Grand Marshal this year, John Forbes. Okay. And uh, they'll be here next Wednesday to uh, get the key to the city of Thunderbolt as they do a ceremony at the cemetery. And uh, we're honored to have them come through here every year. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, you know, I've never been to Savannah on St. Patrick's Day. Nine times out of ten, I'm at spring training. So that kind of interferes with it. And so um, I'm going to have to make plans at some point 
uh, to to be here on a St. Patrick's it is, Day. It's very exciting. It's very you know it's it's kind of like Mardi Gras. You know, it's it's a lot of drinking going on, a lot of hoopla going on, yeah. but it's very very good for the city and uh, very you know the economic impact is very oh well. Oh my for gosh! Us, so. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. Well, um, I, I hope you'll you know if you're if you're coming to to Savannah, if you're outside of Savannah right now, and you're coming to Savannah for St. Patrick's Day. Don't forget about Coach's Corner. It, it, they'll have the games on. This is a perfect place to watch March Madness. Sure is. Oh yeah. boy, I bet you got all of you got all the uh, the fan clubs, the teams that will come in and, and raise hell, probably won't yeah, they? Yeah. Well, yeah. The first two days are the best because there's so many teams involved. There's so many people yeah. with a chance. And uh, of course, back in the day, and not too long ago, you know, we had to get them on satellite. Because you couldn't get them on all the TBS and Turners and all the different places. So, yeah. you know, you would only get your one regional game. Sure. Now it's changed. But, you know, it's still exciting to be around other fans that you are cheering for your team or against you. Or, yeah. You know, it just changes the atmosphere. I, I can't remember that atmosphere because Georgia hadn't been in there since, like, the Ford administration. <laughs> or it seems like. Well. It's yeah. not been that long, but it's been a long time. Hopefully one day they'll get back there. But uh, they lost again last night. And I. I just pray one day we can get a basketball team worth the crap in our state. I know that's hard to even. Used to be real good. Used to be real good. Tech Georgia, and Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they both used to be good, and then all of a sudden it's just like, how can we not have better? Ba- I mean, I know I gripe about this all the time. A lot of people have gotten to the point where they don't care about basketball, which is a shame. It's changed so much. Though. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like everything in sports and college sports especially. But now they're one and done or two and done, and you don't know who's playing next year and yeah. who's coaching you. And it, well, coaching hasn't changed that much. But and and then now with NIL, I know who knows what's going to happen. It's crazy, you know. I, I, obviously, with the one and dones, college basketball has been ruined for a long time, in my opinion. It's just not. It's good. You get a guy like Anthony Edwards, like Georgia got a several years ago, who turned out to be the number one pick in the draft, who came out after his freshman year and was the number one pick in the draft. So. What are you going to do? Can't blame him, right? Not, no, no, can't blame him. If he if he can go play one year at at Georgia and then be the number one pick in the draft, well, obviously he warranted coming out and being that type of type of pick. But you know what? Um, college football's gotten like that. Even though they have to stay for three years before they go to the NFL, they don't have to stay at your place. They can leave your place. Right. So it's basically the same thing. It is. You know, and it's like. on college or similar. Yeah. And it's like, well, how can you develop someone for basketball? Well, you've never really been able to develop anyone for basketball. Didn't have time. If they're, they're, you had to get the best of the gone. best. And right. if you don't get the best of the best, you're not going to be in the tournament or right. win the tournament. And then they're gone. And then, so, and then now football is the same thing. So it's just such a shame that it's gotten like that. Yeah. We'll just have to plow through it and make it the best we can. Well, I know. And, and uh, thank God that. You and I root for a coach that knows how to play the system very well. That's right. Because those who don't are S-O-L for sure, you know, and that's a that's a big shame. Well, uh, thank you for letting us be here, of course. Love we having do. you and keep coming back, please. Uh, absolutely. You know he will. And, again, right here, 3016 Victory Drive in Thunderbolt, coaches.net, C-O-A-C-H-S.net. Coach's Corner, you've been here 33 years, so you know what the heck you're doing. We try. That's simple. Yeah. All right, John, Thanks thank you very much. All right, John Henderson. From Coach's Corner here, and uh, we always love being here at Coach's Corner. We hope you'll come and be a part of it. All right, so I'm sitting here watching the Braves and the Phillies, and I'm really disappointed because no Braves pitcher has hit the Phillies batter yet. It's like I want to brawl for crying out loud. Let's hit somebody. But um, the Phillies are winning 7-4, to four, so that's a shame because it hadn't changed since, since October. 
the uh, start of this game was all about A.J. smith Shaver, who was the starter in this game for the Atlanta Braves. And A.J. smith Shaver, well, you know what? He did okay. He, 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 and I, you may think, well, that's not a very good line. But his fastball looked very good. He had two home runs hit on a slider. Not the same slider, but, but that kind of pitch. And that was not very good. Um, Alex Baum and someone else hit a home run. He had two home runs hit off of him. So A.J. gave up three runs on four hits and had one walk and three strikeouts in two innings of work with two home runs hit off of him. And, again, that may not be great from a line perspective, but the fastball looked great. The fastball was 96 to 99 which was really, really good. And, you know, we tried to say don't get too crazy, good, or bad at spring training, but I think Smith Shaver showed again today why he just needs a little more time in AAA. And I know it's just two innings, and that's an overreach with that, but still I think if if you really see the the big picture with this guy and say, all right, he's – 21 years old, he's got great potential. What is he going to be once he develops his stuff and is able to stick and stay? That's what I want to see, and I just don't think we're going to be able to see it in Atlanta this year. I think it's going to take uh, really him spending more time by by being in AAA and just working on those pitches. To me, that's a much smarter game plan with A.J. smith Shaver. That means he's not going to pitch in the big leagues at some point this year. And could everything click for him in spring training? Well, maybe. Maybe it does. But I, I, I do believe that it's um, he's a great prospect that you don't want to rush. You know, uh, and, and I've said it time and time again, I'd rather have Bryce Elder be the fifth starter, move Reynaldo Lopez the bullpen. Am I going to be disappointed if it's the other way around and Elder's in the bullpen as the long reliever as this year's Jesse Chavez or Colin McHugh? And Lopez in the rotation, no, I'm not going to be disappointed with that. But I think A.J. Smith-Shalver and Hurston Waldrop, who we'll probably see, I think, tomorrow, just need more time in AAA. I really do. So we'll see. Um, the fastball looked really good, though, no question about that. And, and we just got to see more of A.J. Smith-Shalver. And for him to get more innings, we got to remember, too, A.J. Smith-Shalver has – a limited amount of professional innings, which that in itself is kind of crazy of how he's just not a very experienced pitcher. It's a young arm. There's no question about that. But, I mean, he only has 25.1 innings in the major leagues. And in his minor league career, uh, A.J. has, uh, well, I need to find it, uh, like 140, which is nothing. I mean, nothing. That guy, that kid's had nothing when it comes to real experience. He's got, here it is officially, 139 minor league innings, 25.1 major league, league innings. That's 164.1. Just give him more time. Let's please give this kid more time and don't rush him. A year from now, we could be needing A.J. Smith-Shaver in the rotation. We could say, okay, who's going to replace Max Freed and Charlie Morton. It's going to be A.J. Smith-Shalver and Hurston Waldrop. It would be so much better if they were able to get all kinds of experience down in AAA in 2024. So uh, not a bad debut, but, hey, 
he's got more time to come back and uh, to do more as he gets more innings. The, the highlight of the day, believe it or not, and we talk every year about surprises in spring training. Wow, look at so-and-so came out of nowhere. Last year, for example, Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd pitched so well in spring training that they made the opening day roster. Now, they didn't spend a whole heck of a lot of time in Atlanta. They both got a handful of starts with the big league Braves, but that was because of how they pitched in the month of March. Bryce Elder and Kyle Wright, no, no, not Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright was uh, was on the injured list. Bryce Elder was sent out to AAA in mid-March, mainly because compared to Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster, he was awful in spring training. Well, this year the Braves have a guy in spring training who's a veteran who has a lot of experience when it comes to being a relief pitcher in the big leagues. And he has made the first attempt at making spring training all about him. And believe it or not, that is Ken Giles. Ken Giles, who's pitched in the big leagues from 2014 through 2022 with Philadelphia, Houston, Toronto, and Seattle, pitched today and was exceptional. How about three strikeouts? How about striking out? Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, and Alex Baum. And the fastball I saw on the charts up to 94 miles an hour, which, you know, uh, he used to throw harder than that, but I think um, you got to give him time. But a very good sign for Ken Giles to come out and not only pitch well, but to pitch well against three guys who he may be pitching against at some point if he makes the Atlanta roster. Three members of the Phillies who, of course, we know are very, very good. So that's really been the highlight of the day for the Braves so far. They've had um, a couple other pitchers in, including Hayden Harris, the kid who went to Georgia Southern. He gave up two runs, one earned on two hits, one walk, and uh, excuse me, no walks, and two strikeouts in the one inning of work. That's the second appearance he's had, and it's good for Hayden Harris, a lefty pitcher, to get some exposure here in spring training because he's a kid I think they really like and could be on that Gwinnett to Atlanta yo-yo uh, if, if the Braves need a, a left-handed pitcher. So very good sign, though, for Ken Giles, and, you know, you just got to hope that can continue. The Braves got a home run today from Michael Harris, his second of the spring, and also from Chadwick Trump, who had one who barreled up on the ball and was – I mean, knocked the crap out of the ball, to be honest with you. That was a two-run home run for Trump and then a a solo home run for Michael Harris. And those are the two main ways the Braves have gotten their runs today. Luke Williams also with with a uh, hit. Um, We have a horn playing for for Atlanta. Is that Frank Horn? No, it's Bryson Horn. Frank Horn. Our great friend in Macon. I love Frank Horn. He's a great attorney. If you need a personal injury attorney, call Frank Horn. But, uh, yeah, the Braves are, are losing right now the Phillies, and it's March, the, or rather February 28th, so we don't care. If it was March 28th, which the season starts four weeks from tomorrow in Philadelphia against these same fighting Phils from Philly, and it's 7-4. Um, to four. And you know what? Look. We got to beat them when it counts. That's the important thing, and then beat them in October when it really counts, and that's 
the priority so we all know that. So don't worry right now. It doesn't really matter. Everything's good. Braves are doing good. They look good in spring training, and they're getting their pitchers some work, and that's all we care about. And we got an extra day of February tomorrow. How about that? February 29th. How, how many kids, I wonder, are going to be born on February 29th? They're going to be like in dog years. They're only going to have a birthday every four years. That's always kind of cool to me, but nonetheless, good luck to all the parents out there who will be delivering on League Day, February 29th. All right, we're going to take a break from that brilliant piece of information and come back and talk a little basketball. Oh, God. We'll talk a little bit about the Hawks last night and what happened, and then more rumors about the Falcons. We should just rename this show FalconsRumors.com. That's what we're going to have nonstop between now and the NBA draft, no question about it. We're at Coach's Corner, Coaches.net, Coaches.net, C-O-A-C-H-S.net, right here on Victory Drive in Savannah. If you're in the neighborhood, come on by and say hello. We're going to put you on the radio for crying out loud, like Kevin. Kevin's got the entire next segment. He doesn't even know it. I'm Bill Shanks, and you're listening to The Bill Shanks Show. Just for J Rad. The Eagles. Every night I'm lying in bed, holding you close in my dreams, thinking about all the things that we said and coming apart at the seams. We tried to talk it over. There they are, the Eagles from 50 years ago, 1974, the album On the Border, which you can say that now, you're going to start shooting. Welcome back to our broadcast here from Coach's Corner in Thunderbolt slash Savannah. We got the Eagles all day long today, which means J-Rad's not going to be listening because he thinks the Eagles are communist. Who the hell thinks the Eagles are communist? I mean, what's wrong with him? He's nuts is what he is. All right, so Kevin from Dublin is with us, and his buddy Chris, who just slammed the phone, the microphone down when I gave it to. If this is a talk show, y'all can't come in here and say well, I listen to y'all all the time and then don't want to talk. Chris, have you got anything to talk about? I'm on now. Yeah, you're on now, but don't worry, anybody listen to you, huh? Bulldogs. He can talk about the Bulldogs. Well, that's fine. Because you ain't going to talk about the no, Bulldogs, no, no, are you? I'm not going to talk about the not Bulldogs. At this point, I just want to win a football game at my school. <laughs> wow. You're rough on old Georgia Southern football right now, I'm aren't 40, you? and I want good football. Damn. That's, that's it? Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't blame you. You want, what, What's the record the last two years? What's the record? Six and seven. Last both, two years. Both years. Yes, yes. Lost a bowl game uh, the last two years, six and seven. Uh that's 12 and 14 overall with a very good coach, supposedly. I think he is a good coach. Yeah, but just he's I, not winning. He's not winning. That's like Trey Young's a very good point guard, but guess what? Not winning. He ain't winning. That's right. 
It's that simple. I don't know the solution. All I can do is complain, so I'm the worst kind of fan. No, that's a great fan. I love that. <laughs> Nobody has a solution. I mean, we all think we we got it going on. But, Chris, you're so you're a fan of the dogs? I am, yeah. Who have won two national championships in the last three years? Two out of the last three. Should have won this past year. Last year. Damn Alabama bastards. <laughs> in that football game. Man. I know. And I'll they cheated. You. They cheated, too. They did. A lot of, lot of, lot of dirty flags on the ground. I know right it's there. crazy. So. But it's good to be a bulldog, even on a Wednesday afternoon, isn't it? It is always good to be a bulldog. So you're feeling good about this year? I think so. Yeah, I think, I think it's uh, Kirby just keeps reloading year after year. It's unbelievable, think, isn't it? I think it's a uh, the, the the thickness of the lineup is. Tremendous, yeah. I think. Great depth every depth everywhere you look, Ridden. That's right. And if it's weak, he'll go fix it with more transfers and everything else, won't he? That's right. He gets it done. By the way, the coaching too. I mean, they, you, yeah. you lose coaches and just reloads with the coaching. Lose four coaches and it doesn't matter. That's right. right. That's pretty good. Uh, Ken from coming to you says Dell McGee at Georgia State's bad for old Kev. That's a, that's a tough one to swallow, especially when we had him in Statesboro under Fritz. And uh, then, of course, whenever Fritz walked, which I understand why he walked, Dale McGee, we won the fir- our first bowl game, and uh, I was hoping he would be re- retained. He was not. Of course, he ends up at Georgia. And he ends up at Georgia State. And you can – they're our rival, but you can win at Georgia State. I mean, you're, uh, you're in a, a good area to get yeah. transfers. You're playing in a baseball stadium, but you can get past that. Other games have been played in baseball stadiums. And so I I like Dale McGee, and I wish he would have been, you know, stayed at Southern. Worry you a little bit, though, for him being at Georgia State? I don't know if it worries me. Because he's going to recruit, Kevin. He's going to get some good talent. He, he you is going to get is. good talent. But, I mean, I don't know. What do you call it whenever you really like the man, but you really hate where he's at? So it's uh, Steve Spurrier. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> For me, it was Paul Johnson. There, there you go. There I, you go. I graduated from Southern, but you know when he started coaching at Tech, I swore an allegiance to Georgia. So, oh really? I had to learn how to. Hate oh, him. that's what happened, huh? Yeah. Okay. By the way, way to set the world on fire with that interview. Yeah, I know. I just got another text from someone that said <laughs> you're you're trending nationally. Although evidently the guys at Six A, the fan Atlanta, said I was on a podcast. Only been doing this lousy radio show for 17 years, and those dumb bastards up there say I've got a podcast. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. If i got a podcast, your podcast is worse than my podcast. I hate to tell them that. But, yeah, well, Paul had some things to say. I don't, I don't think it certainly wasn't my intention for that. I don't think it was his, but he was just honest. And, and you know what? He was right. It, he was right. And that's, and that's Paul Johnson, I think. We, and all kind of expect that Paul's going to tell it like it is. And Paul has the right to tell it like it is. Yeah. I mean, you've done all that you've done in your career and worked under great people, had great people working under you. And, uh, you know, what I enjoyed most out of it was uh, the Ert Russell stories. Yeah. And I would like to hear more. And because uh, I don't. I don't think the state or the country respects Irk the way he needs to be respected, especially not letting him into the college football no, Hall of Fame the way it's at this point. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Even when you have a governor advocating for that at this point. Well, and you know what? Um, I'm not going to mention the name of the person, but there was someone who was trying to justify him not being in the College Football Hall of Fame. And uh, I, I, I 
commence to talk loudly to that person and say that it was my initials, if you know what I mean? Yes. Because it was, and it is. It's ridiculous to have to have certain conditions about how many games you win when you win championships. I don't give a damn. If, if Kirby Smart had retired last year and won two national championships, you're not going to put his butt in the – yeah, all because, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, all because of this, what is it, nine or ten year rule? I mean, it's not stupid. It is stupid. It's ridiculous. If you're a champion and you achieve success at a high level, even in a short amount of time like Eric Russell did, but it's not only that. What did Eric Russell do at Georgia? He had made an unbelievable impact on what happened in Athens with Vince Dooley, for crying out loud. That defense uh, carried him for those years. Oh, my God. I mean, before number 34 got there, yeah. what was Georgia football? It was defense. It was right. the junkyard dogs, you know, and it was all because of work. And Vince Dooley would have told you that, but, you know, he can't today. But, I mean, my God, it, it – Irk not being in the Hall of Fame is is beyond stupid, and and uh, but he's so great. I mean, I <laughs> Paul actually had an Irk Russell joke at the end of his acceptance speech the other night. Yeah, he said that you know um, he was glad he kind of got out at the right time because the transfer portal was coming in and NIL. And the grandmother started looking better on the recruiting trips than he had remembered in the past. <laughs> and that's an old Irk Russell that's an joke. Old Irk joke. That's an old Irk joke. I, I never got to meet Irk. Uh, I was had transferred to Southern my junior year and unfortunately died a few weeks after that. I believe Owens here uh, had was. It? I got to, I got to meet him one time at Snooky's, which was his hangout. Yep, that was his hangout, and I went and ate breakfast there with my dad one time and. We uh, rolled up into their Snookies, and he was sitting around chewing on a big cigar, and I got to walk up to him. and. So he was always there, right? That was just his breakfast. That's what I understand, yes. And that's why I heard the community place. whenever they tore it down and built the CVS and whatever else is there between Natsland and the CVS. Wow. That's a shame. No. But, but, I mean, that was like his breakfast hang-up. He would go with his boys and just have coffee and shoot the bull. Shoot it. I, yeah. How cool would it be to have Dooley and Russell here sitting at the table with us mm-hmm. talking uh, right now, talking football, talking current, the state of football? Uh, I just we're we're and I, I'm realizing this as I'm getting older and it's, I'm only forty, but we're I mean we're losing a lot of the great people. Oh, yeah. I mean they're, they're they're clicking off. I see it in the community, see it within the church, I see it yeah. within a lot of things in athletics. And yeah. uh, so what happens you get old, Kev. Well, I know. <laughs> I hate to tell you. You age, it, it ages with you, man. Yeah. That's right. I'm, I'm yeah. seeing, hey, you know what? Late 40s, early 50s, you guys got your wish and finally got national championships. I'm yeah. only 40, maybe by the time I turn 47, Georgia Southern might have a winning uh, record. They got to they get take out that, that sun belt first. They got it. Well, you know what, though? I, I, I would hope by the time you get 50 in 10 years, there is a way for a member of a sun belt to have a chance in a championship that is a different level than what UGA and the power or whatever is going to be left is going to be, you know, because that needs to happen. And, and I've said this for several years. It's like whatever's left of the power of five needs to be at the top. Let them battle it out for a championship. And then the rest have that as your, as your second level before you get to one double A and then, you know, into NAA and all that. 
have that where, okay, if Georgia Southern is the best team from the Sun Belt and then from those middle conferences, they can win a championship. Because right now you have no chance. Well, it, it, there, there's no chance. And I don't know what year was the separation, 77, 78. Of course, that's before I was born uh, where they split it up. But, you know, Southern had the great run through the old 1AA. And uh, it was – it's just a lot of these schools that stopped football after World War II never could really get it back going until the late 70s or 80s. And uh, But you had a lot of good schools come out of that, unfortunately, like Appalachian State, who I hate. But, and you had a good run of Boise State and Kellen Moore and yep. Jared Zabransky. And, yep. uh, I, you know – it's going to uh, – the cream's going to rise to the top eventually, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to separate again. But you've, you've said to me that you didn't want for them to go to 1, 1A because your chance at a championship did die. That the run that you would have when you were in 1 A was unbelievable, and you, you missed that. I, I miss the playoff atmosphere, and a lot of people in this community is going to hate me. They already don't like me for – me being verbal, maybe too verbal on Twitter sometimes. And it's not that I'm trying to be toxic, but if you go back and you look at the uh, 1AA FCS playoffs this year, I find it extremely exciting. You have good football teams like Montana or South Dakota State, and I just, to have that come through Statesboro uh, in the years after I was out of college, with Old Dominion or Wofford or whoever, I can't remember all of them that would come through. It was a it was a lot of fun, and of course Chris got to see a lot more than I did because he went to those national championships and those playoff runs. And the missed my graduation for one of them. Did you really? And lost the lost the UMass that year. Is that right? Sure did. Oh, How about that? Went, yeah. That was the one that they should have won. That they fumbled. Team. Yeah, they had like so, what, seven turnovers. If I remember correctly, they had fourteen turnovers all season. They turned the ball over seven times seven in times. that game. I read that the other and, day when I did the thing with Paul. It was yeah. crazy. That was something they did not do that yeah. year. Um, they were like a machine, and I think I think the weather played. It was it was cold and rainy, and they just never could get it together. Wow. But, but what, it was memorable, that's for sure. But what is Athens going to be like during a playoff run? No, I in the, can't wait. Oh, it's going to be cool. I can't wait. That, that, that's going to be awesome. I can't now, wait. Now, it's no. not going to be cool if you got to go to Ann Arbor. Right. Well, it will. <laughs> I think it will. I think it will still be cool. But, I mean, that because of that kind of atmosphere, Yeah. Uh, sure, it will be unbelievable if it's in Athens. Uh, but, but if they were one of the top or lower – top 12 teams and you had to go on the road I still think that would be really neat because of the venue the of how it would be just the, because that's good football that's what I want I want good football games you know that's what you want as a fan too but your good football is not playing teams in the SEC for Georgia Southern that's not good football that's a paycheck and that's bull crap because there's nothing good about that what did I hear yesterday about how UMass is going into the MAC? Yes, and they still have like half their schedule is simply beatdowns because yeah. they're getting a paycheck. Yeah. I don't have any respect for that. Why the hell do you want to go play for UMass if that's the case? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, if you separated those conferences, Sun Belt, Southern, MAC, uh, uh, Conference USA, uh, Western Athletic, and you had that group. So, okay, let's have the best 12 out of that group of conferences and then the best 12 out of – I think it's going to be the Big Ten SEC and the Big 12 that will be left 
And mm. then you've got because I don't think the ACC is going to survive. ACC will be the same. But hey, if you if you're in the comp in the thing with the ACC and whoever's left in the ACC, which is not going to be much, there 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 could be a team from the Sun Belt that may be better than an ACC second tier team. Yeah. And then, but if it's similar competition, it's what you want. You want good football. Want good football. Um, it's just like the NFL is so even, and uh, and I, I I mean I still think you have a lot of one double A school FCS whatever they call them. Yeah. Now that it's going to be they're going to run a group of five schools. <laughs> I think we see that with with South Dakota State and uh, or North Dakota State with the run they had. Yeah. The uh, the team that I want to see get on the board here in Georgia is Mercer. You know, took over into the uh, SoCon. Yeah. We need to. Uh, I like their head coach, and their new head coach. Well, the one that left. Well, I, I did like their head coach. Chronic, yeah, chronic, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. But I hope uh, I hope they get on the board and get successful because you know that that campus was a basketball school and it did not have any kind of feel to it to me. But now, whenever you walk across campus and go to a football game, it feels like a football school, and it feels good. Well, they they um, every team in Georgia should be good, football and basketball, in my opinion. Because if you can't get foot, uh, good players from this state, too much, too much talent in basketball to be whiffing. Unbelievable. On a lot of that. Yeah, that's I unbelievable. Mean. I just can't. I can't accept that. There are excuses for why we have bad basketball in this state. Forget about that. You got too much talent. If you're letting them go outside the state, that's your problem, right there. I, exactly University right. of Georgia should. I, I don't know how you cannot recruit 85 from Atlanta to Charlotte and have everything you need. Them or, or Clemson. I just don't think they've ever had that big hire as, as basketball cooks. No. I mean, they, they, they've, they've, well, they've not had the one that made a difference that, yeah. that could really attract kids and be like, oh, wow, they've got so-and-so, you know. And I think Mike White's done better. But, I mean, last night was unacceptable. They had a game last night. They lost. They had it again, and they lost by that's, one point. That's at least four or five this year that they've yeah. had pretty pretty large leads and yeah. get down to the end, and they can't hold on. That was, and, I, you know, I, the, the thing that disappoints me, I'm not a huge basketball analyst by any means, but the, the, the one thing that I've noticed this year is the lack of adjustments late game. Teams make adjustments against them. Georgia's slow to make adjustments back, and I think you see that. That's why those leads have evaporated. But see, and, and, and I wonder, and I don't watch it close enough, Chris. I wonder about, all right, is that simply bad coaching to not be able to do that? Or is there just not enough depth slash talent to last 40 minutes? To carry him. Yeah. Right. I mean, you kind of wonder about you got to watch it really close mm-hmm. to have a, an idea about that, and I don't. I, I think we had the same pattern at the University of Florida with Mike White. We did, and, I, and, and there have been a lot of people who have reached out to me and say, welcome to the Mike White Show. But you know what? Compared to Tom Crane, he's John Wooden, <laughs> right? I mean, he's <laughs> – my God. I mean, they were 2-28 and 28 two years ago, right? So, I mean, comparatively, they're over 500. That's a good next step. You just, you just thought that was going to turn around when he got Anthony Edwards, and you thought, man, here we go. We finally got us something in. It Man, did. the wheels fell off pretty quick on that. It really did. It's something. It really is. All right, we're at Coach's Corner shooting the bull with Kevin from Dublin. And, Chris, we're going to take a break and come back with more sports talk on this Wednesday afternoon in Thunderbolt right after this. 
J-Rad, how can you not like this? Give me a break. From 1975, the Eagles. From the same name album, their second number one hit. Ninth best song in 1975. You know the name of it. One of these nights. Sing it, Glenn. One of these nights. Oh no, that's Don. Great Eagles with one of these nights. Interesting fact from Christopher, the B-side of this single is the song Visions, which features lead vocals by Don Felder, the only Eagles song that had him with the lead, lead, uh, lead singer. How about that? Pretty good. Thank you, Christopher. I love the Eagles. I think they're great. I think something's wrong with J-Rat. My two co-hosts have left. I guess they are up to the bar to get some gin. We're back on the show here on this Wednesday. Talking a little sports from Coach's Corner here in Thunderbolt, GA. J-Rat says, Bubblegum Pop. J-Rat, you're nuts. You are just absolutely. Chris, let's do a poll on the uh, Twitter account. Uh, let's see. How should we phrase this? Do you like the Eagles, the band, the musicians? Because we don't want people to think it's the Philadelphia Eagles or the Georgia Southern Eagles. I think we should do that just to show J-Rad that they are popular. Do, do that, and then I'll uh, retweet it. Okay, Chris? All right, on it. Okay. I mean, how can you not like the Eagles? He says bubblegum pop. Come on, J-Rad. you got to be kidding me. They're awesome. Poll posted. Say that again. Poll has been posted. Poll has been posted. There you go. Okay, we'll retweet that in a minute. Uh, Welcome back to our broadcast. J-Rad is a moron. That's from the secret text line. J-Rad, you're getting called out. I hate to tell you. Um, (laughs) By the way, I need to address this right now. I'm getting a lot of questions about this. And, And look. Let me just put it out there and be very frank about it or very bill about it. When it comes to the death of Ole Anderson, I have no comment. Uh, We want to tell you about the – we already mentioned Georgia losing last night. That sucked. That was not good. They lost to LSU 67-66. They'll now host Texas A&M this Saturday at 6 o'clock. Georgia Tech uh, doesn't play again until Saturday at noon against FSU. And the Hawks won. Now, look, I took some heat last night on Twitter, not that I really give a flying flipper, because I tweeted out 
on Twitter, Twitter, which is where you usually tweet out things. Trey Young out for the last two games. The Hawks keep the opponents in the last two games under 100 points and win both games. Hmm. Well, they beat Utah last night, 124 to 97. Jalen Johnson had 22 points and 13 assists. DeAndre Hunter, 20 points, five rebounds. Bogey had 19 points. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, I said Johnson. Johnson had 22 points and 13 rebounds. I'm sorry, not Murray. Jalen Johnson had 22 points, 13 rebounds. Murray had 17 points, 11 assists, and four rebounds. Kobe Bufkin got in the game, played 21 minutes. He's the rookie, and he had seven points and five assists. First time in three years the Hawks have held the opponents to under 100 points in back-to-back games. They'll be at Brooklyn tomorrow night for two games, first on Thursday and then on Saturday. And, look, um, people got all over me and said, well, you know, uh, Utah's not that good. They're tanking. They're not whatever. It doesn't matter. The Hawks held their second straight opponent to under 100 points. They had one of the worst defenses in the league. But they've done better these last two games, and they've won both of these two games. And the record with Trey Young playing in games this year is 22 and 29. The record with Trey Young out of the lineup is four wins and three losses. Four and three. So does that mean anything or not? Maybe not. But still, hey, look, you know, um, they can win without Trey Young in the lineup. All right, that's fine. And I continue to ask the question well, are we going to know in this time period here? of whether or not the Hawks need to keep Trey Young or not. I wonder about that. I really do. Maybe Murray can convince the Hawks that, hey, we can win with me because you've got to make a decision at the end of the year about one of those two. One's got to go. There's no question about that in my mind. Trey Young or DeJounte Murray? Can Murray convince us, the fans, that it's got to be Trey Young that goes and not him? Well, if he wins, he's going to – perhaps have my vote because I I want the Hawks to win. I'm sick of the losing. I'm tired of it. I really am. So it's something to watch. We got to figure it out. We got to watch these games. Brooklyn's not very good either. I get that. They got two games against the Nets. You know, they, they, okay, they may beat bad teams. Good. They ought to beat bad teams, but their record is still six games under the 500 mark at 26 and 32. So I I just want to see what the Hawks do now without Trey Young. How much better is the defense? How much better can they play with a record? What's the one-loss record going to be with Trey Young out of the lineup? And that's what I'm curious about. So uh, they played pretty well last night. They beat the crap out of Utah, and John Collins really didn't do a whole lot. It was good to see him, and he's a fine player who the Hawks gave away, which is still unbelievable. The Hawks gave away Kevin Herter and John Collins, which still makes no sense. Dino from Twitter says trading. I think a lot of people are going to want to do that. Where it coaches Bulldog baseball tonight at 6. You're listening to the Bill Shanks Show.